50% with Marcel Combs, my good friend and mentor. I'm Deantha Gratton, and on this podcast, she will travel a journey of leadership with each guest as she analyzes the ingredients that lead women to their current role. Marcel's goal is for you to walk away with tools to support your very own journey, no matter where your current destination is today. And now just a word from our sponsor. Well, hello, Deanna. <laughs> hey, Marcel. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. We both kind of have dog wounds. Because... <laughs> I know. Just went for a walk. I don't know about your story, but how did that happen? We I, both fell I down and went boom. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine kind of just jerked me to the left. Oh. And the real sad thing, at least yours weighs more. Mine was only, you know, a 10-pound little... You know, furry mutt. Um, oh, yeah. Actually, not a well, furry mutt, but a dachshund. They're, so, um, well, they're unruly. You know how that works. <laughs> I had one of them, too. But, yeah. And you went sliding into first, oh, you know, with gosh. your lap. So it, it was mostly my pride that got hurt. You know, there was another couple walking. Thank goodness for them. Uh, but, yeah, I just kind of oh, took gosh. a header on the pavement. and uh, But thankful I didn't knock my front tooth out. See, oh. it's still good. No kidding. Oh, my goodness. Well, today we have Becky Burcell with us, and she is a business coach and entrepreneur, and she's led and managed teams and just done some amazing things in her life. And as now, she said she tried to, quote, unquote, retire and someone came and begged her you understand this yeah yes i know begged this her yeah. to come back and do a little work and so she's working with the john maxwell company now and really working on personal growth with so people. exciting so exciting um, you know we both love uh, maxwell and you wish you could just kind of give him to everyone you meet yes. uh, from all we've learned yes. and uh, she has a real heart for that too and uh uh, kindred spirit with yes, us, so. and she has done all that. Married as a baby, she, she would 18 say, eighteen, and still with this guy. So that's <laughs> and, awesome, and that's well, yeah. that in itself yeah. is is work, and has had kids, and and just done Full lots life. of things. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just go and listen, listen to, to her. her. Yeah. Welcome, Becky. I'm so glad to have you here today, and. Just spend a few minutes. I know our audience is uh, with 50% with Marcel Combs. It's going to be so excited to just listen to you and talk to you and and hear what your journey has been. Well, I'm excited to join you and get to learn a little bit more about your audience, too, and their journey. So I know you've done a lot with leadership and development, and um, that's my jam. So I'm excited to to just have a, a chance to get to know you better even as well. Well, I, I, I've I spent a lifetime, it seems. It goes by so very quickly. And my heart has always been with women in general. I, I have led quite a few men too. But because of the types of businesses that I've been involved in, it, it's been mostly female-led. And, and uh, for the first time ever, craziness, I became certified as a female-owned business. Mm. I didn't even know there was a certification. I shouldn't say 
say that online. Uh, but but I have two certifications now, only because for the first time in history, someone asked if we were a certified female-owned business. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've always been uh, uh, totally 100% owned by me. Uh, business, so therefore, you know, certified or not, that's been true. But uh, lately, I've gotten a little stamp of approval. So, we try to start Becky with just having you talk to us about your journey and and how you've gotten from where you you were and where you are now. People start at all different points in that. Some start at the cradle, some start (laughs) at college, some start at some point after that. So I'm just going to leave that up to you and give you a few minutes to just talk to the audience about what what that's been like for you and, and how you got how you got here, where you are. Well, I'm happy to share. I will, for time purposes, won't start at the cradle, but um, I was uh, (laughs) married very young. I was 18 when I got married and I'm still married to this incredible man 29 years later, which it's one of those situations that you would not change, but you probably wouldn't recommend to to very many people as well. It's, uh, It's been an incredible journey. We have three beautiful children. Um, I had my first baby at 22 years old, so I was still a baby when I had a baby, in my opinion, but um, learned a lot and grew up very, very quickly. Um, When my kids, I I had two children, so one at 22, one at 24. My third came a little later at 37, and uh, we always tease our older kids. Everything we did wrong with them, we'll we'll get right with this one, and they look at us like, what does that mean, Mom? What what is this to are you? referring to but you're just a little more chill you're just a little more in your own skin um which i think just makes you a better nurturer let alone parent or leader um when you're comfortable in your own skin but um when they were little i started a business i actually got involved in network marketing and that taught me so much i consider it the boot camp of everything sales and networking and even leadership and personal development it's a no matter where you are, if, if you look into that industry, find a company that has a really great personal development plan with a compensation plan attached. That's really um, how it turned out for me the first five, six years. Um, and then I got a little disenchanted with some of the people that were involved. I got a little nervous about my name being attached to some of the decisions that were being involved with a company. And so I left and I kind of just did the stay-at-home mom thing for a couple more years. And then I had another company approach me about doing all of the training and systems and development for them. And uh, that was in 2007. And I was with them. I built a business for 12 years. Um, Hundreds of thousands of sales reps that we were training in over 30 countries. And so I got to see a lot of the world. I got to learn a lot about people. I probably learned way too much about myself in the process, if that's possible. But I had incredible experiences and I, I sold that business a few years ago and I, I had been working with John Maxwell uh, with that company and a few others and it got to a point where we just created a really great friendship and he started consulting with me on a few projects and I consulted with him on a few projects and he'd invite me to some of his fun events like Exchange in London where Marcel and I both had a chance to to experience things that 
I'm not sure most people will ever get a chance to experience, but if you, we know this, if you hang out with John Maxwell long enough, those things will happen by default. Um, his love language is creating experiences and memories for people. And mm. so we get to be lucky beneficiaries of those things. But um, I had jokingly told him I was I, retired. I, Go ahead, Marcel. Sorry. I, I always describe that. I have not described it to him. And so if he ever hears this, he can help. It's a field trip for adults. That's what I feel like it's very true. his experiences are. I'm not sure who's uh, Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. It is a field trip. <laughs> I, I'm not sure who chaperoning is. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, came, go ahead. I'm sorry. I had just explained to him I was, uh, you know, I was telling people I was retired because I really didn't know what I was going to next. And I felt like I needed uh, some time in my life to really evaluate that. And so I took about three years where... I really just got to invest in myself and my family and my friends and creating some memories and really uh, honing in on my strengths and weaknesses. And um, he, he and his CEO, Mark Cole, who's a dear friend, um, phenomenal leader, both came to me and said they wanted to work on some projects and asked if I'd be interested in leading those initiatives and uh, with a resounding Yes, but in the back of my head, like, oh, shoot, I don't know if I really want to start this over again, like start brand new projects from the ground <laughs> up. And for anybody that's built a business, you know how exciting and uh, also exhausting that Exhausting. That yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love the breath with that, Marcel. Like you can feel the heaviness when, <laughs> when you even that's say right. it. Yes. There's a heaviness there. It's almost like birthing a new child and you know what time uh, <laughs> you're going to have to put into it and, and what that's going to do toll-wise to your physical health and emotional health and everything else. But the vision of, of the impact and the reach and the excitement, it's just kind of one of those things you can't say no to. And so I'm currently in the role of their executive vice president for personal growth solutions. So between... Uh, everything with creating to developing to now marketing from books to events to our Maxwell Leadership app, which has a, a growth plan um, and membership attached to it. It's kind of asking the question, what is your plan for growth? And for those that don't have a daily intentional direction on how to do that, we are creating an opportunity for people to come along with us and learn directly from the source of leadership and growth, John Maxwell and all his collaborative friends as well. So for most people can't afford to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars being mentored by John Maxwell, but for a few dollars a month, we're trying to make it attainable for anybody and everybody. I know you're gonna say John and probably Mark Cole when you talk about mentors, but have you had other important mentors in your life? Um, in, in, or any female mentors as you have done, you know, numerous different things along the way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, as cliche it is, as it is, probably the most impactful female leader in my life was my mom. And uh, really putting into perspective what growth, but also what it looks like to invest in yourself as well. Um, it's, I, I've always seen a lot of women around me, especially in the faith 
world and organizations that take this um, lose yourself in the service of other people mentality. And, and I understand the sentiment and I, I think service is a huge part of, of everyone's life or should be at least. But she was really good at modeling what it looked like to invest in yourself so that you have enough to give to others. And I can say that I don't think that was modeled for her. And she, she broke the mold a little bit and gave all of us, uh, myself and my two sisters and two brothers, all of us permission to invest in ourselves and uh, really understand what that development and self-love looks like. I think it's easy today to think of self-love as pedicures and spa days and girls night out and which I'm not opposed to any of those things. I love all of those things, but I don't think it's the yes. definition. Yeah. Of, of self-love, um, really being able to value yourself the same way you value the people around you. You don't put yourself before people, but you also don't put others before you. It's a, it's kind of an even investment in being able to give because you can't get what you can't give what you don't have. So if you haven't given of yourself, you, you don't, that doesn't leave much for everybody else around you. In this world of, you know, of all things electronically, and we have the ability, which is a blessing to have the ability to do zoom from or, or teams or any other media to be able to see people face to face. How are you helping people work through? I, I need the face to face connection along with the face-to-face -face connection electronically what how, how do you advise people in in that whole process I think part of it starts with being very self-aware of what you do need um, some of us need it more than others but there's a lot of even scientific research that shows how much we need a physical connection to other people everything from hugs to smiles to handshakes, you know, to uh, a silly high five, like all of those things play a part in our connection um, to the other other people in our world. There's a, an aspect of energy that we draw from other people. And, and when we are depleted of ourselves, being very aware that we need that in-depth in, in connection to other people, um, it's just being aware enough to recognize those triggers of when you actually need those things and being willing to ask for them. I mean, I think a hard, a hard thing for most people is uh, saying that you need those things somehow portrays a weakness and it's not. It is just a human nature and an instinctive need that we all need. So um, for many, many years in networking, I've taught everything from body language to, you know, people smiling and a lot of friends who've said, no, I'm happy and I'm excited and I have to tease them. Well, you need to tell your face because your face does not know you're excited and happy <laughs> and the people around you aren't going to be able to tell either unless there's some outward uh, appearance to doing it. So it's it has to be something authentic, but it is something intentional at the same time. And um, I think uh, I've had events where my face is physically hurts from smiling sometimes of but being very aware that that gives other people energy and it's something I enjoy doing. I, I want to be able to walk into a room and, and, and add to that energy instead of just take from it. But 
It doesn't mean there aren't days I need to take from it. I, I, my philosophy is some days you need the room and some days the room needs you. It depends on what mood you're in. <laughs> I think that's a good question to ask before you walk into rooms. That's an interesting, an interesting way to put it. Um, you had, so if you married at 18, you have children starting a few years later and then do business. How did you, and I hate the word balance, so let me mm -hmm. just say that, but did, how did you handle all of those balls up in the air, if you will? And you, and you have stayed married for a yes. very long time, so, and had a career and kids and, you know, can, do you have advice for women on how, how they make that work? Yeah, my advice is to stop trying to make balance the goal because it's not attainable. It's not really, <laughs> not a thing. Um, Amen. My motto, yeah, my motto <laughs> in life is just, it's organized chaos. That's really what life is, is, uh, is organized chaos. And I think any other expectation, you kind of set yourself up for, for failure. Um, what I did do very early on uh, was I picked my guilt. And I'll explain that as, <laughs> as a woman, yes. um, there are certain just ingrained guilts in us, especially after you have children of how much time you spend where and where you give that energy and uh, what mood you can bring and all of the things like we, we probably overanalyze 10 times more than most of the men I know. And it's not that there aren't exceptions. There are, but for, I would say for the most part, we, we tend to overthink um, all of those things around us. And we tend to take on other people's worries and hurts and frustrations and fears and try to carry them ourselves too. But early on, I picked a guilt and I decided I could either feel guilty about the time I spent away from my children with career or travel or those kind of things, or down the line, I could feel guilty for not modeling what pursuing your dreams looked like. And I had to look at what the end result and impact would, would be on my children. And I think probably the most proud thing I can say as far as impact or significance I've made is having my older children recognize that now that mom was always there when we, when we asked and when we definitely needed it. Was she at every practice or every game? No, she wasn't. But if they needed me to be, would I drop everything and be there? Yes. Absolutely. And so there was a line where, and let's put it this way. If I was at everything for my kids, I would feel guilty that I was smothering them. And if I'm not with them all the time, I feel guilty <laughs> that I'm not with them all the time. So you just, you pick your guilt and decide long-term yeah. one, what can I live with? And two, what's going to have the better impact as far as what I can model for my children and uh, giving them permission to make their own way in life and make mistakes and apologize to your older children when they get older. Like I, believe it or not, it's kind of a, <laughs> a intentional practice for me with my kids. And I did this over Thanksgiving. I had a chance with all of our older kids and um, our younger one to all be together. And uh, just to have a chance to carry that for them. And it's not that they have any resentment. All of them still say that like, mom, there's nothing to apologize for. But at the same time, there is there. And I, I feel like I can, if I can ease a weight or, or take a responsibility for anything they felt like they missed out on, I'm happy to do that. 
And I think because I take away the objections, mm -hmm. they don't have to carry those things into adulthood and uh, just get used to releasing things. So uh, my advice is stop looking for balance and pick your guilt and own it and move forward. <laughs> and organize your chaos. I love that yeah. term. As much as possible. But there, there is a lot of beauty in the chaos. You know, it's, uh, it's, yes. it's magical. It's like an orchestra, I think. If it's out of control, it sounds horrid. But when it when everyone does their part, then it's it's a beautiful Absolutely. sound. Um, if you were talking to, and I know you said you you were doing um you were investing your time on personal growth and helping other people with that. If you were speaking to a, a person about how they wanted to start their a business or, or if they were in a business, they were going to buy into that business, what, what if you could give them five pieces of advice, what would that be? Um, number one would probably be to stop looking for other people's acceptance of your decisions. Um, I've just... Uh, Developing the ability to not have to take a consensus to find out if something's a good idea. There's something to be said about intuitively making decisions and figuring it out for yourself, which means you have to be okay with making mistakes. Um, you, you have to be okay with being very honest with yourself of what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and then I think also knowing how to intentionally make yourself uncomfortable because Growing a business, change, growth in any aspect is going to be not only uncomfortable, it's going to be a little painful at times as well. Um, and the process of taking two steps back so that you can take 10 steps forward is a natural process. And where I think most people get hung up, especially in our midlife range, we feel like we've earned something in our lives and so we're not willing to take two steps back we feel like everything from here forward should be just forward there should be no moving back and that's just not the natural process i mean if you think about it you have to make room for things in your life which means you have to stretch you you have to move back from something mm -hmm. in order to gain momentum to move forward but i that's very uncomfortable so finding ways to intentionally do things um, that build up that resistance to pain and tolerance and, and change in your life, then it makes it very easy. I'm sure we, we can all think of somebody in our head that uh, everything they touch turns to gold or they make everything look simple or everything they do, they do <laughs> really well. If you actually investigate the history with that person, I promise you there were some huge mountains in that person's past that they climbed in order to make it look easy. And if you think about it, if you took me and you took um, a professional hurdle racer next to each other, one's going to make it look really awkward and one's going to make it look like it's as easy as walking because they've, they've pushed oh. them through some really, really difficult things and uh, they've gotten really good at doing things. I, I think John Maxwell is a perfect example. A lot of people will come up to him after he speaks at events and just say, I want to do what you do. And his question is always, <laughs> that every, that's great. And it's, you definitely can. But my question to you is, are you willing to do what I've done? 
in order to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. what I now do? And that is, that yes. is a big question. But I don't think most mm-hmm. people recognize there's a lot of, of process before you can make something look easy. So get used to looking silly. And you've got to be really bad at something before you're good at it. And uh, I think the last piece of advice is to just get over yourself. I mean, you, you, you've <laughs> got to be at a place where the ego dies and you're willing to look silly and you don't care who sees it and you can own it and be like, I am a hot mess in motion, but eventually uh, there'll be a, a really pretty picture at the end. Do you know, it's so funny, something you said, it, after you've done a certain level or had a certain level of success in life, I actually went to dinner with a young woman, a young woman, she's probably 50s and she's had uh, actually two kind of careers, both in a different field, but she's, she started a new business. And the one thing she said to me was, it's been much harder than I anticipated because I thought my reputation in these other things would automatically make this easy. And I said, you know, the one thing I've learned (laughs) from starting and yet a new business, because I have no good sense, um, that, you know, it's always hard. It's always a new business. Um, It always has leaps and bounds and difficulties in a world that you know nothing about. Um, So is that called personal growth? I think it might. It is. Actually, there might be a little little masochist in there too, if we're quite honest. Like we we might all be asking for more than we should, but Uh, it's always harder. It always takes longer. There's always going to be more problems than you expect. It's going to cost more than you think it's going to cost. It's a, that is normal. That that is a part of the process. We all want to uh, overestimate uh, what we can do in the first two, three, five years. And then we drastically underestimate what that work will turn into year five, seven, eight, 10. It's a, it is a, monumental uh, compounding effect of just working it day in and day out. You know, I always try to end because uh, I am a student of John Maxwell also and have used so many of his books so so very long in my career, much, much more time before I really felt I knew uh, John really well. I always end with what um, what books are you reading? What podcasts? And I can't just say books these days, reading, because a lot of people listen to audiobooks, so easy podcasts. There's there's truly uh, you know thousands of ways to grow. Um, but but what what are your favorite books or podcasts or audiobooks that you have learned from recently or all-time favorites? Yeah, I mean, again, I John Maxwell will be at the top of that list. And probably not just because he's written, you know, over a hundred books. Uh, it would be hard to pick just one. But because he truly is the person that you hope he is when you read his books. Um, it's amazing uh-huh. to be around someone that really lives day in and day out the values that he teaches um, and lives by. Absolutely. I, I would say I, I love listening to Ed Milet's podcast. Um, I love 
everything Brene Brown, even though half of what she talks about is sometimes over my head, <laughs> you can definitely get um, a lot of the insights that I think we're all looking for. And I think she does it in a really great way of still giving you permission to be authentic and to be faulted in that process. Again, there is beauty in that. And uh, once you recognize it, it's there's a level of grace that you give yourself and the people around you once you start to, to see it and recognize it. Um, I think one of my favorite books um, that I read when I was starting off in networking was Never Eat Alone, if you're familiar with um, mm -hmm. Keith Ferrazzi. And it was a great point in my life where I was in sales and I was starting to look at people as a dollar sign. Like, what could people do for me? And I didn't like myself in that process. And so I retreated from the world in a way for about six months. And um, a friend had referred this book to me. And it really revealed to me not only the, the value of what to the core I wanted to believe in people, but how I approached individuals as far as adding value to them um, and not having to worry about what that impact looked like to myself. Like those things will just, it's amazing how those things will always work out when you value people and you respect people and you find ways to, to lift them and um, people will always find a way to reciprocate those things. So uh, great books, great insights and uh, a lot of self-evaluation in, in all of those. That's fabulous. Well, how can our audience get in touch with you, Becky? You can uh, jump on social on Instagram. Um, I am Becky Bursell uh, on Instagram. And uh, you can also, um, a website called Greatest Version of You, where we have some podcast episodes and some blogs and insights. Um, just when I have a thought, I like to write it down and, and share it with people. I get a little silly on Instagram sometimes. My 10 year old sometimes watches my videos and he's like, mom, you you must have been bored today to, to post that. And I'm like, maybe I was. <laughs> Probably, the, nothing like a 10 year old you know, to give you some insight, yeah. I, I find that the most people who view that are, are the dumbest ones that I've put up. So, you know, it's... <laughs> You're probably doing fabulous. It's there's something relatable about just having a silly moment in your day. And um yeah, I don't know right. if it's therapeutic or it's just very revealing, but it it's it's there. So I it's, appreciate it's that. It's yes, one of the two for absolutely yes. sure. Yeah, but some okay, insight on well, social media. I only I only follow people that I that make me laugh that inspire me or that I love. Um, so anybody that doesn't fall into those three categories, I, I don't, it doesn't take up or occupy my time, but um, that has been a yeah. good formula up to this point. So Marcel, I appreciate you taking the time and inviting me here and getting a chance to know you and your audience yes. a little bit. Hopefully we can yes. mesh some of those worlds together. Together at some some point we'll be face to face. We were face to face in London and didn't even know it. So, but it's been such a delight to have you here today with Fifty Percent with Marcel Combs and and I love what you're doing and I I 
absolutely. I'm John, John's biggest fan, and so I don't. It's hard to say you're his biggest fan, but you know he he has helped me every day, and I I aspire to always be the person I am at home and work and in any kind of written word, and certainly he is, and you sure seem that way yourself too, Becky. So thank you again, and and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Marcel. Have a beautiful week. You too.